linguistic objects. Greetings from Cyberdelic Space. This is Lorenzo, and I'm your host here in the Psychedelic Salon 2.0. And today we have a short program featuring Brad Burge, who is the Director of Communications for MAPS, which is the organization that is producing the upcoming Psychedelic Science 2017 conference that's uh, taking place this coming weekend. Now, in case you haven't been keeping up with the press releases about this event, well, uh, it's on track to be the largest psychedelic conference yet held. I understand that uh, there now have been over 2,300 tickets sold. I'm not going to be able to make it myself, but I have quite a few friends who are going to be there, uh, including Wild Bill Radizinski, who uh, you've heard from here a few times in the salon. And I've asked Bill to uh, round up a few of the old hands that he finds there and take them to the symposia stage where they can record one of their own psychedelic stories. And in the months ahead, we're going to be hearing a whole lot more from Lex and the symposia team, uh, not just from this conference, but at this very moment, they are heading across country on their Blue Dot tour, recording more stories like the ones that we heard last week. And I'll be here at the uh, April 27th stop in San Diego, and if you're in the area, well, I hope to see you there. Now let's join Lex and Brad uh, to hear a little bit more about all that's in store for the attendees at this week's Psychedelic Science Conference. Hello, I'm Lex Pelger, and this is a Psychedelic Salon 2.0. Today, we're happy to have Brad Burge, the Director of Communications for MAPS, the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies. He's here to tell us about the massive conference they're pulling together the third weekend of April in Oakland, California, Psychedelic Science 2017. In the free marketplace at that conference, thanks to MAPS, we'll have the Symposia stage, where we will be featuring a range of storytelling speakers like Hamilton Morris, Jim Fadiman, the Cosmic Sister Panel, and Dennis McKenna. We'll also have live podcasts from Duncan Trussell, Zach Leary, Shane Moss, and me, interviewing Emmanuel Sefirios for you on the Psychedelic Salon 2.0. To see the full schedule and learn about watching the live stream, go to symposia.com slash psychedelic science. Here's Brad to tell us more. So it sounds like you have a lot going on on your end, huh? Uh, it's so exciting. Um, we have this phrase that we're bouncing around at maps, um, called watch out for insurmountable opportunities, uh, which is just to say, what do you do when the whole world is watching and you're putting together a giant event and people are coming out of the woodwork offering to help and, um, and, um, yeah, that, that, that's kind of what it's like. So how do we, how do we deal with the scaling? How do we deal with all of these people who are interested in what we're doing these days? What a great spot to be at. It's exciting. Yeah. Um, tell me about the, uh, the, the science tracks uh, to start. Yeah. Um, so Psychedelic Science 2017 is the third um, scientific conference that we've done. It's the third psychedelic science conference that we've done. Uh, our first one in 2010, uh, our last one in 2013, and now 2017. Um, it's going to be our third, and it's looking like it's going to be the largest. We have um, three simultaneous tracks 
Um, that is three different sort of topic areas, very, very broad topic areas um, of scientific research into the benefits of, and risks of psychedelics and marijuana, about 95% focused on psychedelics. So things like LSD, MDMA, ayahuasca, psilocybin mushrooms, ibogaine, ketamine, peyote, um, a, just a little bit about medical marijuana, wow. um, 2CE, um, a, a, a lot of... Uh, um, yeah, just a lot of research has been um, coming out into the neuroscience or the therapeutic aspects um, or the creative uses, microdosing, uh, for example, um, of, of psychedelics. Um, a lot more research has been coming out, especially over the last four or five years since uh, the 2013 conference. And so um, we have proportionally more content that we're showing. So we have these three different tracks, clinical research interdisciplinary research, which is a combination of clinical research and other kinds of research, and um, plant medicines. We have a whole track focused on plant medicines of, of various kinds as they're um, understood and used in traditional cultures as well as how they're being looked at in, in, in medical contexts. So here we have these three different topic areas on four different stages. So just a lot of different content. Um, and that's the main conference. Of course, the conference itself has five simultaneous stages. It really feels like a, um, a, a scientific conference festival, a six-day science festival than an um, academic conference. You do know how to make it fun. <laughs> you make uh, learning fun. Yeah. Well, psychedelics make learning fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's a, that's a great swath of research and tracks. Yeah. Um, I think um, if you want more numbers, um, I, our last count, we had over 175 presenters, including poster presenters, and not including those that are going to be on the stage that uh, you're curating, the, the, the symposia stage. So we're, we're talking well over 200 presenters here wow. at this conference. Um, wow. Definitely the largest gathering of scientific researchers focused on psychedelics uh, ever. Wow, that's exciting. And you have stuff going on besides the the science tracks as well. Uh, what what else uh, are you excited about? Uh, I've been looking forward to combining um, psychedelics and comedy for a for a really long time. Um, we see news reports all the time that are very serious about psychedelic therapy and how psychedelic therapy um, can help with PTSD and anxiety associated with life threatening illness and opiate addiction. Um, so a lot of the topics that we're addressing with psychedelic therapy research are very serious. Uh, we are hosting what we think is the world's first psychedelic comedy banquet uh, on, on Saturday, April 22nd during the conference, uh, which has been sold out for some months now. Uh, and um, we're going to have nationally recognized stand-up comics there, um, many of whom have um, um, come through Symposia um, and have done the Symposia loop. Um, we're going to have Shane Moss. We're going to have Adam Strauss, Julia Rosie, um, who I um, you know first encountered in, in, in New York. Um, uh, Rachel Kahn, who's a, a, a fantastic poet. Um, Adrian Earhart. Um, yeah. So Duncan Trussell, um, post wow. the Duncan Trussell family hour. He's, um, you know, a big inspiration for pulling this together. Um, and, um, yeah, it's just going to be loads of fun. So we're going to have a series of standups, um, talking about psychedelics, um, and uh, from sort of various, um, various angles and also talking about cannabis uh, with the goal being to really destigmatize 
conversations surrounding psychedelics and to, um, you know, help people have open and honest conversations about them, um, you know, in a not necessarily so, so serious way. Now that's a way to change hearts and minds. Yeah, you know, if um, the success of podcasts these days is, is, is any indicator, especially comic podcasts and just light conversation is any indicator, I think we have a, um, a pretty fun idea here. So um, we'll be broadcasting the, the uh, banquet out to other conference attendees who weren't able to get into the banquet. And, of course, we'll be recording the entire thing and making it available online afterwards. Oh, that's great. Um, and the, and the, uh, you'll have your boat uh, adventure again on Friday night? Yeah, yeah, expanded and um, commercial-free. Um, <laughs> two the, boats, five uh, boats, d- ten, two ten boats. boats. The, we already used all the boats. There weren't any more boats left on the San Francisco Bay. Um, no, but seriously, the company ran out of boats, um, <laughs> and that's why we couldn't expand it. Um, yeah, we have a sunset cruise that's hosted by the Beckley Foundation, which is MAPS's co-host for the Psychedelic Science 2017 conference. They're a UK-based research organization that does uh, LSD research and uh, other kinds of consciousness research um, and supports uh, international drug policy reform efforts, too. So the Beckley Foundation is hosting the Sunset Cruise on the San Francisco Bay. That's a three-hour cruise with music and um, sort of a light meal and refreshments and networking. And that also has been sold out for some months. Uh, In 2013, we had one boat, uh, about 300 and 20 people on it and um this time we have two boats and we've sold out both of those boats um we're we're looking at getting a major cruise liner for the 2018 or 2019 conference um you know we'll see (laughs) we'll we'll see that's great um and the conference itself isn't quite sold out yet that's right um not quite sold out um over 90 percent um, we uh, are still doing our capacity calculations. We weren't expecting such an incredible rush. Um, we're uh, just about 30 days uh, before the conference, and most of the workshops, the all-day workshops, which are um, before and after the main conference, they're sold out. And um, uh, obviously, the banquet and the cruise, which I already mentioned, are sold out. Those are those are gone too. But um, we still have a handful of tickets left um, and um, they're going faster and faster as we get closer to the date. That's great. Um, and yeah. But there is free stuff to do if people want to come check out the marketplace, right? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, we definitely realize that not everybody can afford uh, a few hundred dollars to come out to a conference for three whole days. Um, so we also have the marketplace, which is free and open to the public Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, April 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. Um, That is taking place in the Oakland Convention Center, uh, which is adjacent to the Oakland Marriott, where the um, conference is, um, the the conference talks are are taking place. So the marketplace is really fun. Um, You know, most scientific conferences, they have the scientific conference, then they have some poster presenters, uh, and then they have a bunch of exhibitors. And, and, and that's about it. Um, then you're kind of on your own. Um, for this event, we have opportunities to connect with other people interested in this topic, including researchers and just, just sort of the, the, the public at large, um, people with an interest in psychedelic science and therapy and creativity and spirituality and personal growth. Um, we have opportunities to connect with this community um, from morning to night, and then to mor- and then morning again, and then night again, and then morning again, and then it keeps doing that for five days. And um, 
uh, it's it's going to be an exercise in can you find time to sleep really we, we we do have spaces available for people to hang out all night long um, to, to see the sunrise to um, hang out late and dance um, on Friday and Saturday nights in the marketplace to enjoy tea um, we have free tea service in the marketplace provided by the full circle tea house mm. uh, we'll have a gallery um, a full visionary art gallery with uh, prints and originals um, from visionary artists that you can explore until 1 a.m. Uh, we'll also have um, we'll have all of our vendors and exhibitors there that are carefully reviewed by maps to offer just really interesting um, and cutting-edge services and products that are related to visionary states of consciousness or altered states of consciousness or psychedelics um, that are related in, 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 some, in some legal way. Uh, to to all of those things, um, and then of course we have in that space the symposia stage. Symposia stage. <laughs> you say it. So Tell me well. more, doctor. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's um, well, you know, I'll do the pitch because you're probably used to it. But um, that's 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 our opportunity. The reason why we wanted to work with you, Lex, was was because we wanted to have an opportunity for people to present and people to learn in a context that was less formal, that was less academic and um, less rigidly scientific. So we've got what we've got author signings and um, or book signings and author events. Um, we've got some podcasts, some other podcasts that are doing some live tapings there. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, storytelling. That's one of my favorite parts is this kind of um, uh, that that symposium has been so great as encouraging people to share their stories, their personal stories about why psychedelics are meaningful to them. Um, you know, I think that a lot of what's happening in the psychedelic community now in this sort of quote unquote psychedelic renaissance that we're getting is people are uh, trying to find ways to express why um, psychedelics have been meaningful for them. Um, and we're finding millions of people have have um, used psychedelics either um, recreationally or spiritually or for therapeutic purposes, um, and they're not as um, scary and dangerous as we've been taught uh, in the war on drugs. And um, quite the contrary, we're seeing all this clinical research and legitimate conversations and conversations in Silicon Valley about using microdoses not to tune in and turn on and drop out, but to tune in and turn on and get better at your job. Uh, so we're, we're, we're seeing this, this, this transition to more ability to talk about psychedelics from a mainstream um, perspective. And the symposia stage is, is, is a place for um, people to experiment with that and for us to experiment with that as a community and see what, what kinds of interpretations and understandings we can get um, from all those experiences. Yeah, it is one of the great things that MAPS offers is I, at the conference – in 2013 and other MAPS events, I just see people get there and see that there's a community that they didn't expect but were always hoping for. And it's really beautiful to see them just open up. And then they want to tell a story and come out of the psychedelic closet and let people know because they've been hiding for so long. And it's it's why it's so much fun to come to these gatherings. And I think the marketplace is going to be especially fascinating this year. Yeah. You know, I think one misconception that um, I think people might have about psychedelic science in these conferences is that it's kind of an insider thing and that, and, and that everybody there has kind of been there before and they're the only new ones. But And I can tell you this from the inside, seeing the registrations come in, half the people that register for this conference have never been to a psychedelic science conference before. 
Mm, great. Um, so you know, at least half the people who are there um, are are exploring. They're curious. They're like, you know, they've heard about it in the news, or they know somebody who has PTSD, and they're looking for other options, or or, or, or you know, they're just 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 curious about it. Or maybe you know, they tried LSD once when they were 15, and now they're 65, and they just kind of want to start thinking about this again. Um, you know, we'll also have speakers there um, from um, the center of the mainstream. Um, Paul Summergrad, um, who's the immediate outgoing uh, president of the American Psychiatric Association, will be speaking wow. about the future of psychedelic psychiatry um, and the opportunities that psychedelic therapy pre- presents for psychiatry. Yeah, it's it's what a it's catch. amazing. Yeah, because he's um, been all over the place preaching the good word. Now that he's retired. You know. yeah, right, now you can, right, now you right. can say stuff. Now he can come and he can speak at the Psychedelic Science Conference. We also have Tom Insel, um, the retired um, former director of the National Institutes of Mental Health, who's coming and speaking also about the future of psychedelic psychiatry and what that might look like. So we have people with a great deal of experience um, as, as, as professional clinicians, as, as doctors, and then also as regulators who are, are showing an, an interest in this. And so it's their first time. Um, there, are, there's just people from all over the spectrum who are coming, and um, you know, I think that opening for community is 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 the key thing. Um, you know, in addition to encouraging scientific conversations and getting people to start studies and looking for funding for um, the research that's happening and um, making international connections, all of that is 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 very important. But even just at the um, immediate face to face level. Just meeting people who um, are also coming at this um, this whole area for the first time is, I think, the most exciting part of it. Wow, that that does sound great. Um, and speaking of of getting new projects started and things like that, what have been the new developments on on the map side with your research projects? Yeah, we are simultaneously. <laughs> um, this conference is excitingly timed because it's happening at the same time as our movement into phase three clinical trials. Um, yeah (laughs) yeah um maps has grown very quickly um over the last uh six or seven years especially from six employees to over 25 employees um and expanding to keep up with the pace of the progress of the research um so we've just completed six phase two uh clinical trials of MDMA-assisted psychotherapy to treat post-traumatic stress disorder, treated over 100 subjects in those trials, and found that two-thirds of them didn't qualify for PTSD anymore after just two MDMA-assisted psychotherapy treatments. Wow. Wow. And that those results lasted a year, at least a year, uh, on average, following that second treatment. Um, so those results are just, yeah, they're... they're, they're um, an order of magnitude beyond um, what um, currently approved prescription pharmaceuticals had when approved. Uh, and um, they don't have to be taken every day in, in order to work. And so I, I, I think that um, just, just, just the level of those results has really propelled uh, support um, at the regulatory level for um, that is at the FDA um, for the next phase of research. And so we're moving into that phase three uh, phase now. And that's the last phase of research that uh, is required before the FDA um, decides whether to approve the treatment, which could happen by 2021. 
Um, so in order to do that, we need to complete this next phase of research, which is going to be at least 200 more participants, um, up to 400, uh, and cost another uh, about 20 to $30 million, of which we still need to raise 10 to $20 million, um, over the next five years, which in pharmaceutical drug development terms is very, very small. Um, for-profit pharmaceutical companies, often just for perspective, uh, they spend over a billion dollars to develop drugs um, that are only mildly different um, or just slightly tweaked um, from existing drugs. Um, so 10 to $20 million over the next five years is, is, is a totally a, um, a reachable goal, um, especially if the level of our support keeps expanding the way it is. I believe you guys can keep bootstrapping up. And I would say to anybody out there, you know, any little bit you can give always helps. And my recommendation always is if you need a new drug book, MAPS has a great library. And just go online, be a member, and the free book that you get, uh, the list that you have, they're great. And it's a way that you can buy MDMA for soldiers with PTSD. It's a great way to give back and to, to stay connected to the community. It's true. Couldn't have said it better myself. Um, and, you know, um, those books that we do publish, our most recent one is the Ketamine Papers. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is um, the most recent collection. Um, it's the only in print recent collection of, of, of ketamine therapy research um, that there is. Um, and it's a compiled collection of, of all sorts of different researchers talking about various uses of ketamine, which, of course, is a legal psychedelic. Um, it's a it's a dissociative anesthetic, and it's used for those who don't know in um, in, in in surgery um, by anesthesiologists, and it's also used legally in therapy, um, either intravenously or um, um, orally. Um, there, there's a whole field of debate over routes of administration of ketamine, um, and um, whether it should be used as a psychedelic or it should be used differently, um, or both. And we'll be having those conversations at the conference. We'll have a panel. We'll have an all-day workshop focused on ketamine. And then we also have this new book. Um, so then our next book coming out, which is going to be coming out this summer, is called The Manual of Psychedelic Support, which, um, which is a comprehensive guide to providing psychedelic harm reduction services. Uh, and it's geared towards not just festival attendees, but to people who actually want to set up those services um, at at events, so it's it's useful for anybody who really encounters um, people who are having difficult psychedelic experiences, either at home or at parties or at festivals or um, what have you. Um, and that manual of psychedelic support is um, already available in an earlier version online as a downloadable PDF um, manual of psychedelic support. You can find it and download it now. But we're also printing it now um, so that people can have a copy to actually take with them into the field. And that's why I think how diversified MAPS uh, uh, does their work. To also have the Zendo project there keeping <laughs> people safe at parties. Yeah. Um, we are not an overly focused organization. Uh, um, we do try to have um, you know an impact everywhere because um, we believe that um, science um, is, is part of a cultural context. Uh, and um, it, it can't be isolated from the broader context in which, in which it's, it's happening. And we don't want to ignore the fact that people continue to use psychedelics um, recreationally or spiritually um, or for personal growth or outside, otherwise outside of um, medical or research settings. Uh, we don't want to ignore that that's continuing to happen. And um, we want to show that 
um, it's possible to um, provide support for people um, who've taken too much of a drug or been miseducated about dosage or um, just had bad luck or took it in an unsafe setting or were otherwise unprepared um, rather than arresting them or um, tranquilizing them, um, which which still all too often happens. Um, so providing that kind of alternative um, is, is something that we do um, take seriously in addition to the clinical trials. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot of great ways to reach out. Yeah, it's a great way to volunteer too. We have a lot of people who have um, uh, volunteer. I mean, we, we we've trained thousands of people in in how to um, provide psychedelic harm reduction um, through our trainings at events, through the Zendo Project, um, and m- many of them have become regular volunteers. Some of them have become staff, and some of them um, have become therapists. Um, we even um, bring in a lot of uh, student therapists who are in training to be therapists into the Zendo project as volunteers since the skills for therapy and the skills for um, being present and compassionate with somebody um, who's under the influence of a psychedelic um, can be very similar. Oh, that's great. Um, and so is there anything else you want to add before I let you go uh, back to the, back to the battlefield <laughs> emails, organizing curly cues? Uh, gosh, you know this. Um, you know it's 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 just an exciting time to be a part of this research, Lex. You know, and um, uh, I think we want to be careful not to get overconfident. Just to you know, not not leave it on like a you know um, just like totally ecstatic note necessarily, but rather on a realistic one. You know, we um, want to not overestimate the extent of um, people's um, uh, fear. Um, when it comes to uh, new experiences and to uh, new approaches to medicine and to new scientific objects and to just be really compassionate with people who might be coming from a different place. Those people who live, um, as you might say, outside the bubble um, that, that, that we live in. So what are their fears um, and um, how might we be able to be compassionate with people um, in a way that enables them to be open to what we might have to share. Um, so I think that's especially important in these in these times and a major part of the goal of psychedelic science um, and the Zendo project and MAPS, um, I think, is to um, provide an opening um, for exactly those people. So let's be welcoming and let's be encouraging. And um, Symposia has done an amazing job at that. So thank you for talking with me today. Yeah, well, thank you so much for for coming on and letting us know, and I look forward to seeing you in Oakland. So until then, try to get a little bit of sleep, and thank you so Uh much for pulling this all together. Sleep? What's that? (laughs) Don't don't worry about it. You can do it when you're dead. (laughs) Awesome. I'll talk to you later, Brad. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting our work on Patreon. To say thank you, we have perks like hemp t-shirts, blotter art, Palo Santo, tickets to our events, or one of the new graphic novels from my Moby Dick pot books. Find us at patreon.com slash symposia. A special thanks to Matt Payne, who engineered the sound, Joey Whip and California Smile, who made the music, and to Brian Norman, who produced the show.